Hi, my name's Mona, and you're listening to Modern Careers. The podcast about the endless options available to you today to shape your own career path. I'm going to chat to inspiring people from tech entrepreneurs to creative freelancers and everything in between about how they got to a stage in their working life that lots of people dream of, but not many actually reach. Having a career you love instead of a job that pays the bills. You're listening to the very first episode, the infamous episode zero, that is supposed to tell you all about what you can expect from this podcast. Apparently, actually, this is the critical moment that decides whether you tune off and, you know, go do whatever else you'll be doing now, from feeding your cat to taking a bath or, I don't know, endlessly scrolling through your phone, or whether you stay on, listen, and trust me when I say, this podcast might well change your life. Okay, I know this sounds a bit crazy, but if you really think about it, work is so much more than something that pays your rent, coffees, gym membership. It is the place where you spend the massive majority of your awake time. That is a minimum of 40 hours a week, 200 hours a month, and do you want to have a guess? 106,875 hours in a career, 45 working years. Oh, and yeah, holidays and weekends already deducted. Here's Rita, one of the inspiring people I'm going to chat to this season. There was a, um, a birthday party and someone said, oh, I get like four weeks holiday, I'm doing this. And I was like, and the rest of the time you just have to work. And then and it's not that I don't work, it's because I can take my work anywhere and I get to travel, I get to do all these other things that makes it feel like I'm not stuck. Being stuck, something no one wants to be. Ever, really. And it seems to be a common underlying driver for the freelancers and entrepreneurs I've already chatted to. It is why they do what they do. Like Henry, for example, who I met with a couple of weeks ago in a cafe in Oxford, where he told me why he left uni and the exact opposite of what his dad had told him to do. Yeah, joining a blue chip company. My dad told me to do it and I um, applied to so many, so many of them, like Unilever, Coca-Cola, Mars. I just met the same old sort of... MBA students who were just a nightmare and I had to suck up to them and I had to, you know, be this type of person I didn't want to be. And actually, you know what, it's quite great because now I'm exactly who I want to be. I don't have to try and hide anything. The term blue chip company, for those of you who are like me and didn't know, actually comes from poker. The blue chips in poker are traditionally the highest in value, which is why in the investment world, a blue chip company is the best established one in its industry, with the lowest risk of failing. The Procter Gamble, Googles and Coca-Colas on this planet. A safe bet in the investment world, that seems like it'd be a safe bet to work for too, with great benefits and job security. And it really can be. But the thing I've already found is that whether you will thrive in that kind of very corporate environment and whether you will find it rewarding entirely relies on what drives you. Startup environments, on the other hand, require a very different type of person. I think being successful in a startup is entirely different than being successful in a corporate company. I think everyone knows that. And um, it's, you've got to be more than committed. You've got, to, you've got to acknowledge the fact that you know, you're, you're not really going to have a life um, for, for a while. Not having a life for a while. That is definitely something not everyone wants to sign up to. But it's not the only thing you have to be willing and able to do when starting to work for yourself. First of all, you need to be comfortable with a bit of risk. Be a good communicator, 
and most importantly, be able to spot opportunity. Here's Katie, one part of the creative jeweler do the workbench, who is a perfect example of someone who people would describe as a born entrepreneur. I have thought of other things during since being a jeweler. There's like because you meet so many other creatives doing other and, and other small business owners. You're like, oh, that's amazing. You know, that's Katie really always has business ideas. She's you haven't had one for a while, but she's always got amazing business if ideas. If I could have a new job, like every, I'm all over. Like as a kid, I'm always so like so yeah. If I could have like ten jobs, that'd be great. <laughs> True signs of an entrepreneur, right there. <laughs> the nutter, no. <laughs> What Katie is really saying here is that as an entrepreneur, you're never fully satisfied with the status quo and you're always on the lookout for new things to pursue and to grow as a person. And having your career in your own hands can really help you develop yourself as you grow with your business. When I started researching for this podcast, I had to look at some studies about why people are unhappy in their jobs. And I found a statistic from CIPD, the Chartered Institute of Personal Development, saying that a lack of training and development is one of the biggest factors why people start hating their jobs. And this can often act as a driver for a person to leave their job in the glitzy corporate world and enter the scary upside down of self-employment. If I were in a job as like kind of a bigger corporate thing, as just like a one puzzle piece, you, you don't dictate the bigger picture. You are there to help and support and deliver for someone else's picture. Where to have the freedom to do that for yourself, have a bit of a say where your life and your career is headed is the biggest thing for me. The feeling Rita is describing here is one that lots of people trying to climb the corporate ladder experience. The realisation that even after years and years of hard work, you still find yourself feeling like a tiny part of a massive chain. But a shitty job is not always the reason people decide to start their own thing. Like Mary. Before she started working for herself, she absolutely loved her job, where she advised no other than Jamie Oliver on the nutrition of his recipes. The, the job that I had at Jamie's was most nutritionist dream job. So, um, and God, there were, were times when I was first starting out that I thought, what on earth have I done? What on earth have I done? That must be the thought everyone has the morning after leaving their safe salary for an unclear future. After all these endless nights, flying awake, weighing the pros and cons in your head, and finally getting to a point where you've justified the decision to yourself, only to get to one of the hardest parts having to do that to everyone around you. Mary told me about her first call with her boyfriend after handing in her resignation. What, what did you say in the phone call? Um, I just said, oh, I've quit. <laughs> um, and he was just like, what is going on? Um, I know, but he was really supportive, really, really supportive. I've had, had friends who are far more, again, far more conscious than I am who thought I was an absolute idiot. It's no surprise, really, that the people around Mary, her friends, family, former colleagues, were concerned about the financial risks and personal sacrifices that she had put herself into. It's rarely easy. Most small businesses fail within the first years of even existing. The majority of tech businesses give up before the app has even launched. Henry and his best friend slash business partner Ed are in the app business and really blew my mind hearing about what they had to do in the first year of getting the business off the ground. Things you go, you go through real, you go through weeks and days of peaks and troughs. So I'll have at least one day in the week where I'll just think, you know, it's all over. Last year, just trying to save money in Oxford, we lived in 10 separate houses. The last year and a half, I've, I've just had all my possessions in my car. Like, that's not, that's not a lie. So my mum and dad, I, I went back to see my mum and dad sort of twice. 
in a year and I come back with sort of loads of washing. I mean, I only live in Bath, but I come back and see them sort of twice a year. And they're like, why? Like, why have you got? You know, where's, where's, why's all your wash bags and stuff like that in your, in your car? Yes, working for yourself can be tough, but and this is a spoiler alert for you right here. It can be really worth it, and this is why I'm making this podcast. I don't even know whether working for myself is for me yet either. All I know is that nowadays we're offered more options to do what we really care about more than any other generation before. And taking some time to reevaluate where you want to get to in your career can be very helpful in finding out whether entrepreneurship could be an option for you. And as you already might be able to tell, there's no quick fix and there's no solution that works for all. During season one of this podcast, I'm going to chat to a very wide range of professionals with different, almost opposite careers. You're going to hear first-hand insight from creative freelancers, trendy bloggers, savvy tech entrepreneurs. You're going to hear about the goods and the bads, and you listen to the stories you hardly ever hear firsthand about what they have done to overcome the inevitable challenges to get where they are now. So, if you want to hear more about the people you've heard from today, for example, about Henry and Ed and how they first chatted about their app, we were at Dastonbury Festival <laughs> and uh, Ed came up to me and went, oh yeah, and no, I've got this sort of thing in the bag. All about how Rita ended up managing a business that was never her plan in the first place. It was never my plan to do business. Or how two girls with jewellery degrees build a company without any business knowledge at all. Actually having an investor or getting finance is a very alien concept to me. And how Mary managed to get her dessert creation onto retailers' shelves. Getting it out of shelves into people's baskets and keeping it on shelves is the hardest bit. Then hit subscribe and follow me on the journey to find out how to build your own custom-built modern career to make those um, 106,875 hours worthwhile. See you next time. Bye.